The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a great day to be a Yankee fan. It's... This is... I I have to at some point screenshot your face. Because you are... You look like you're the highest person on Earth because you're just so, like, so happy. Like, yeah, and I haven't smoked any weed today. Yeah, no, no. I'm just thrilled. No, you look like cartoon character... High, like the way they play it up in movies that's not in real life at all, where you are just your mouth, your face is just your teeth. That's how big you're smiling right now. It's half happiness, half relief because I knew going in the winner of game one would probably win this series. Our best versus their best. We did it. Cole was way better than Bieber. Our offense, way better than theirs. And it's just such a big exhale. You know, it was the same kind of nervousness that we had going into the 17 wildcard game or the 18 wildcard game. And just when you win, it's just this exhale. Yeah. I mean, you know, speaking of the 18 wildcard game, like we get an early judge home run and it's like, there's a, just a ton of pressure that like comes off your chest. So, I mean, we just did the Bronx pinstripe show with Andrew that came out on Tuesday and, or it came out on Monday, I think. And then, um, and we talked about in that, that at, at, for most of the time, like this season just hasn't felt like anything to me. Like opening day, there was a big buildup. Then it happened. Then it felt like it could just like 
be taken away from us at any time because of the Marlins and the Cardinals and all that. But, like, I woke up this morning, and it was the playoffs, and I felt that shit in my chest. And it's not the, like, fuck, yeah, we're about to go out there and dominate everybody because it's just so weird. Everything's weird. If you told me we were playing, it was the playoffs were starting and we're playing Minnesota in a five-game series and traveling and fans, I got no, I'm not worried at all. But you tell me I'm going to Cleveland for three, possibly three games. I, uh, every reporter is like, here's the notice about midges in my hotel room on Twitter. Like, I, everything could have gone wrong. Like, anything that hasn't gone good in Cleveland replayed in my head. Now I had the same feeling. I get the scaries going to the Jake. And look, we all knew going into this wild card series, you need a big first inning bop. In 17, it was Dini. In 18, it was Judge. And now in 20, it was Judge again. And you knew once we took a lead, once we hit that big first inning punch, that they weren't going to let it up. And Judge did it. And I didn't know if it was going to be Stanton. I didn't know if it was going to be Judge. But I figured somebody you know, would lay it down in that first inning and give us a lead and we got it. And then once we get that lead, it's like, okay, we can all relax. But in these, in these three game series or a one game playoff, you need that, you need to strike first. And we did. And to me that that's what this game was, was us striking first. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously it's, you know, it's better to play from ahead. It's better to pitch from ahead, you know, and it's cliche, but it's true. So like, you know, it's the obvious you want to get ahead early, but Early can be the third inning in a game. You really want the first inning because it gets, you know, it just it takes the pressure off your pitcher. Because, I mean, Cole has, they showed the stat at the beginning of the game, like his first six starts versus like his next six starts, and how it was like six great, three bad, three good, which is kind of just a mini version of like his season, his like regular seasons. And the Yankee season. Yes. And he, so. First playoff game, you've got this huge contract. There's a certain extra level of pressure, you know? And it's kind of weird. He may go on, like, let's say the Yankees go and they win the championship. He may do it never pitching in pinstripes in the playoffs in Yankees in Yankee Stadium. It's wild. One of the reasons he came there here, though, he said in his opening day press conference, pressure is a privilege. He liked the high stakes. He said that yesterday to Eric Boland. In the news conference, and look, Garrett Cole came here to pitch in these games, and I was a little bit upset going into this game because I was like, man, of all the matchups we had, we have to face the one guy that had a better year in the AL than Garrett Cole. And I was a little bit butthurt that we weren't getting the White Sox, we weren't getting the Twins, but Shane Bieber was lost, and he was shook, and the Yankees were laying off the bullshit down and away, they were hammering mistakes, and that, that lineup, I mean, what else can you say? 12 runs. I mean, what else can you say? I think to a certain extent, a third inning is, is, is as important as the first because it's easy to get that f- big first inning, get your two runs, then let him settle in. Like in that second inning, it looked like he was settling in. In the third, you come out and you're like, you know, which way is this going to go, essentially? Which way is this, the rest of this game going to go? Because if he starts to settle in, and we're not able to, you know, have that Luke Voigt double. You know, it's a totally different game. Yeah, that was big, and Hicks was really chugging around the bases on that on that Voigt double. I feel like I all the, I hurt. feel like all the boys were really running the night. Like everybody was just, was pushing it tonight. 
And you saw the difference that they have in the regular season versus the playoffs. And Boone even said it when they had him mic'd up for that obligatory ESPN interview. He was like, we know when the games count. And you saw Glaber chugging and you saw Hicks chugging. When, let's be honest, in the regular season, those guys are jogging from first to third on a double. In the playoffs, they are pumping around for home and scoring. Yeah, and I think even, you know, to attack on that third run in the third inning and then have Cole work out of trouble in the bottom of the third inning was just like, all right, it's our time. Next thing you know, you know, obviously we have the fourth, we have the fifth, we're scoring, you know, multiple runs. But I think that third inning became like that pivot point of, you know, almost, you know, like when a wide receiver does that, like, you know, makes their break, like, boom, see ya, we were gone. That was the game, and you and I could spend three hours talking about all the great things about Garrett Cole, but one of them is his ability to strand runners. And look, it was tough with the infield hit with Hernandez. Ramirez gets that double, but look, at that point, you know, it was like, okay, we can still get out of here with just one, and then he just pumps a fastball. I think it was Fermil Reyes by him and, and gets out of that, and, and that was the game right there. We're up 3-1. We continue to tack on, and look, they hit on all three phases. They played great defense. They pitched well. They hit well. Like when the Yankees boom, it's a boomer bust offense, but when they boom, it, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, well, we saw, you know, with Detroit a couple weeks ago, and, you know, then we didn't score any runs for a week. So it's like, don't use them all up yeah. at, one, at once, boys. Um, that double. No, that third inning was key, though. That was that, key. That double by Ramirez was so tough because with no live audience, like a very close play like that. You don't know what's going on. I felt like the announcers weren't sure. There was a delayed call by the umpire. The camera wasn't right. Yeah. I feel like there were a few times where like, the announcers just seemed – it was like they were announcing on a delay. Yeah, the cameras were off. And, and let me say this. I am so used to having national announcers that hate the Yankees. I know A-Rod isn't the best technical announcer, but it was so nice having a national announcer that was on our side, wasn't it? Like, you could tell he was rooting for us. It wasn't Smoltz telling us how shitty we were. It wasn't Joe Buck trying to downplay Aaron Judge's accomplishments. It was just a Yankee fan on the broadcast, and it was awesome. <laughs> Last year, I feel like, John, I think it was John Smoltz, like, came so close to just, like, accusing Glaber Torres of having, like, a fake birth certificate. He was, like, you know, like, the surprisingly good, I guess, 22-year-old. <laughs> and it was just, like, the way he said it, it was game one of the ALCS. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on here, man? This is the Little League World Series. There was a point, I think the Yankees were up 6-1 to one in game three against the Twins in the 19 DS. And Smoltz said something to the, to the effect of, we're really close to getting back in this one. And it's like, dude, you're, you're supposed to be a... Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, what was your day like? Like my, I, like I, you know, oh I, I work today, but once I was done working, like it started as the day went on and I wasn't even thinking I put on a Yankee hoodie and I had a video call and someone was like, oh yeah, playoffs, Yankee, you know, cause I'm just, I, I'm the Yankee guy at work. Um, and then I, at six o'clock, I tweeted, I want to tweet so much Yankee stuff, but like, I just, I can't, you know, like I've just, I'm too pumped up. I just started walking with my dog. I normally go, like if I go for uh, whatever the normal distances of a walk that I do, I did like four times that. Cause all of a sudden I just realized I was like, I'm very far from home. What am I even doing here? And I have to pee, but I'm just trying to like walk this off. 
can't concentrate on anything work-wise, obviously. I mean, I had a Zoom call at four and I was like trying to keep a straight face and trying to, you know, be professional. But I was just like, man, first pitch three hours. I was nervous all day and I just kept thinking about what a big game game one was. And I was thinking about, look, if we win, I'm going to be high off my ass on adrenaline. And if we lose, I'm going to be down in the dumps. Like I kind of came into this with the urgency of a one game playoff, if that makes sense. Because I figured if we lose game one, there's no way we come back and win the series with just Tanaka and Hap. I just didn't think it could happen. And I can admit that now. If we were to lose game one and Cole's done and we don't have the confidence, I don't think there's any way we win the series. But I knew that if we win game one, I'd be flying high and we'd be in total control, and we are. It, I mean, especially being the road team, you know, because it's one of those things where I think Tanaka is going to – like, give me playoff Tanaka. Get, this is it. Yeah, you want a contract next year? This is the end of your contract. This is the thing that you do because the last four years you've been a four-pitcher. This is what you do. Do your shit. Like – I was just standing there, my wife at one point, I just like forgot that she existed. I'm just looking at the TV going, come on, this is this is what we pay you for. Earn that paycheck. She's looking at me like, you're a fucking psychopath. Like just you're, yelling you're at me. You're already looking ahead to tomorrow. Jack, you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of game one of last year's ALCS when it was Tanaka and Granky. And I was like, if we're going to win this series, we absolutely have to win game one. And look, we didn't win that series, but the bats came out. Glaber had a couple of big hits and they won in a blowout in game one in Houston. And I absolutely thought that we had to win game one to win this series. And look, Tanaka's got a nut up tomorrow. There's no other way to say it. Luckily for us, we have all of the premium relievers yes. locked and loaded. You can use green for two. You can use auto. You can use Britain for four or five outs. You can use Chappie maybe for four or five outs. Like there is no excuse not to step on their throat tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, like, I, so I want playoff Tanaka, like, go out there and do it. To a certain extent, like, we can actually get by with a, he went out there and battled, you know? <laughs> They go, it's very rare in the playoffs that we can – we have a Tanaka. You, you go out there and battle because if he just goes out there and battle, like we could win a, a game five to four and we've got plenty of time off. You know, Just go out there and get the win. Everything is set up for us. I mean we really have no excuse not to win this. And I think – I don't know if you noticed it during Boone's interview as he kind of smirked. And he was like, you know what? You can flip a switch. And they clearly – look, they, they lollygagged towards the finish. We we were texting. We were frustrated last week. But they were clearly able to reset and turn the page. And you can tell they are a confident bunch. The way they were pimping homers, the way they were in the field. This is a team that gives away a lot based on their body language. They mope around when things are going bad and they celebrate hard when things are going good. And you can just tell they're confident right now, man. I had, I don't know, I probably had like ESPN on in the background. So I had something on in the background. I don't remember what it was. And they, were, and they said, nobody wants to play the Yankees. It was, I, oh, it was on Sunday. I had whatever game was on, um, Cubs-White Sox. So it's, you know, the eighth inning of a blowout 10-1 game. And they're, you know, talking about the different possible matchups. And they're like, you know, I don't think anyone wants to play the Yankees. Veteran team who can turn, you know, who can hit the switch. And I was like, can they? Like, I fucking hope they can, but can they? Because that switch has been like either all the way on or all the way off for a while. And right now, it's not a matter of going out and winning, you, you know, what is it, 8, 11, 13 games? Like, it's not about winning 13 games in a row. 
It's just winning 13 games before you go on any three-game losing streaks. Yeah, and they looked bad the last week. Like we said, they they did not look like a team that was going to come in and have a good postseason. And we were fed the Shane Bieber hype all week. At least I was. And I was eating it up. I was watching Pitching Ninja. I was looking at his stats. I think he had a one63 ERA, but I was just like, you know, we got Cole going. So this is what we paid $324 million for. And even at home, even with no fans, Bieber was a tick off. And you could kind of tell right from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, he had a, a one six three ERA. He won the St- pitching triple crown. Yeah, like first guy to do that in forever. He's 25. So to a certain extent, it's like, oh, he's like, he's a young stud. Like he didn't just happen to, you know, get here. Like this is the beginning of something big. And, you know, the hopefully for whatever's next big in his career, it was just like, and then he bounced back from that terrible thing and, you know, lost to another team next year. But at the end of the day, the Yankees were aggressive and they were kind of like aggressive and patient to a certain extent. Like they were picking the right early pitch in the at bat to swing on. But when it wasn't there, they were seeing a lot of pitches, like a whole lot of pitches. They were laying off all of a lot of those curveballs in the dirt, and uh, I think it was Austin Jones just sent me a DM. He said Bieber threw 469 breaking balls this year, and only 26 of them were in the strike zone. So this is a guy that lives off of hitters chasing them, and the Yankees really didn't chase. Other than Stanton and Geo a couple of times, Hicks was laying off everything. Guardy was laying off everything. Brett Gardner with a double and a home run. I'll be honest. Who, who saw that coming? <laughs> Oh, not I, not I. I mean, I I, was pissed that Clint wasn't in the lineup. I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, well, because everything says Clint, except, you know, Gardner's got the, you know, he's got the experience. The wall in left field there can be tricky. Um, I think everyone questioned. There is no one who was, unless Gardner's wife has Twitter, no one was like fucking sick lineup. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a sick lineup. We're definitely trying to win this game. Really wanted to see the 38-year-old defense first left fielder in there today. Yeah. You know. No, and with you talk Higgy, about that with Higgy hop. in the lineup too. Like you're you're eight nine. And obviously I know you're a Gary guy. I know he's been playing better. But for Cole, I'll give Cole whatever the fuck he wants. He wants Higgy. Higgy hasn't been playing bad. He had a hit tonight. You know, I'll take it. But when you see guard guardy Higgy. As you're eight nine, it's like, what was Tyler Wade not available? Yeah, now you think there's two automatic outs in the end, and don't get it twisted. Yes, I'm a Gary guy, but I'm a Yankees win guy way before I'm a Gary guy. And if Cole wants Higgy, and if the Yankees think Higgy gives them the best chance to win when Cole pitches, I'm all in. And I really think one of the turning points was it. I don't. I don't remember. I think it was the second inning where that that lefty that was killing us hit a ball right off the top of that high left field wall. And it stayed in the park, and it was like, I don't know. The nerds would say it had a 900 expected batting yeah. average or whatever, and Cole got out of it. But, I mean, that was a home run in a lot of parks. That was a home run in a lot of parks. Even, like, the way it was hit, he came into second. Like, he, I think he thought it was gone, and he wasn't out of the box. He could have had a triple there. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was one that went happen. I was like, all right, that went our way. You know, because you've got to – it's a superstitious sport. So you've got to feel like things are kind of going your way. 
No, you're exactly right. And we're so used to things not going our way. I, I kept thinking about Didi's fly ball against Garrett Cole in the game three of the ALCS last year where you were there and it landed. Expected batting average of 9,000. Right. <laughs> right. And none of that, none of that usually goes our way. And tonight, everything was going our way. And I do want to shout out Jordan Baker because home plate umpire Jordan Baker was fantastic. He wasn't calling those balls at judges and Stanton shins like most <laughs> no, of the umpires do. You are great. so close to calling the FBI on these umpires with judge. It's all every game. It's like it's your thing. I, I don't want to accept it. I'm not going to accept it. And look, this guy was good and he had a tight zone and there were a couple of pitches where I wanted Cole to get it. But I was like, you know what? He's calling it for both sides. I'm not going to complain. And he stayed consistent. One thing that A-Rod pointed out, this ump, I guess, is six six. So is that one of the reasons he wasn't screwing over Judge and Stanton? You know, maybe that was it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's... It's but we're, good, so though, to those, not, yeah. we're so used to seeing those borderline pitches called strikes. It's good to just not have a feeling because a lot of times, like when they're bad, they're bad both ways a lot of times. So, and I don't accept that, like, well, if they cause it bad both ways, then it's fine when it's egregiously bad. If it's, hey, he's given an inch off the plate, you know, outside to a righty and he's doing it both ways, that's fine. When he's just like, oh, here, we're three inches off the plate here. We're fucking, this one's down the dick, but it's a ball for Cole. Like, that I can't tolerate. And it takes away from the experience of watching the game. Like, we joke about, like, oh, the umpire is like, yeah, we're here to see you. Like, if I notice you, you're ruining my life. And we didn't have that tonight, which was nice. It was just, it was a relaxing, calming night. If you just watch the Yankees, this is as relaxing as it gets. If you're watching a playoff game, right? I mean, a 12 2 win, you don't use any of your stud relievers. Cole goes seven. We are totally in the driver's seat and we have no excuse not to win this series now. And I, I'll be honest, I was terrified going into Cleveland. I was buying into the Beaver hype. I really wanted the Twins. If we weren't going to get the Twins, I really wanted the White Sox. I had visions of the Midges and I was, I was you know, I had the scaries going in against Cleveland, and, and honestly, I'm a bit surprised that we came out as well as we did. I did not think we were going to score 12 runs tonight with Bieber on the mound. I don't think anybody did. Yeah, I don't um, – I, I did not – 12 runs was not coming. When was the point that you got comfortable? For me, it really – it wasn't till the fifth inning. Like when we – actually, no, it was probably the fourth because I was like five runs, Cole's going to make stand-up. Regardless, like you're not getting five runs on Cole because we could go to the elite arms before it got out of hand. But like for me, I, don't know, I guess like after the fourth inning, we had five runs. I was like, this is it. I can relax now. For me, it was when DJ hit that ball up the middle. Lindor comes up the middle, makes a great play and throws and just can't get him. And it goes up five one. And you're like, OK, everything's going our way. Yeah, we have a chance for more damage. So same same part. There was. For that, and then also um, when Glaber got on like late in the game, whenever there's something that's like close by first base, I'm like, this is when they're really stretching it. This is where a hamstring or a quad or, you know, like, please, nothing, nothing. Yeah, no, you're always worried about that. And then the other point was when Gardner hit that double off the left center field wall. First of all, when do you see Gardner ever go the other way? Well, he's got situation? opposite field power now. <laughs> we learned yeah. that earlier this year. Just this year, that when he did that, I was like, "Oh man, we're we're gonna score some runs tonight." So that that was a big point, and and also obviously Cole 
limiting the damage in that third because he only let up one run. We've already talked about it. That could have been a lot worse because there were runners on second and third. Single ties the game. And look, a single there, and we, we're having a whole different conversation. A single there, it not only ties the game, but like you lose all of that momentum. So it was like, like I said, you get two, shit's Bieber selling in. You get that Voight double to get your third. Cole gets out of it. And then the fourth inning is, even though they, they bring a run back in the bottom half, but that's just, like I said, that's plant and go. And just like, now we're smoking you. We're off to the races. Yeah, we were in business, and me and you have been complaining about we can't go to games, no fans. I'll be honest, no fans tonight and this entire series is going to help us a lot because I've seen us blow leads at the Jake. I've seen us have meltdowns at the Jake in the playoffs, and it was obvious that an empty stadium was big time for us tonight. I (laughs) – so it's weird because we go to a lot of games. You know, even though we live kind of far away – get to like 20 games i got i went to every home playoff game last year i think you went to like all but one i missed one yeah yeah so it's like we're there and there's a lot of back and forth and especially at the end of the season you're trying to get games in i i feel like my body is physically in a different place going into the playoffs it's it's weird (laughs) i feel fresher (laughs) you know and as much as i want to go to games uh, I know I'm not going to be, like, freezing. Like, I don't have hand warmers that I know I have to, like, oh, I got to find where my hand warmers. Or, like, I'm not going to wear boots to a baseball game, so I'm just wearing sneakers and my fucking feet are freezing cold. And it's 1130 because we're doing a fucking pitching change and CeCe Sabathia's career is ending right now, and I have to drive home. Like, that happened last year, and I was like, this fucking stinks. But I now it's just like, let's do this. you when CeCe came in. I remember that exact <laughs> moment. It's funny you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but my biological clock, it's like, oh, the playoff game ended, and I'm not going to get home at 4 a.m. I'm home. I'm so used to that getting home at 4.15, 4.40, you know, these ridiculous yeah. late-night hours. It, it's weird not having that and, and just being home. And that was the one thing that made this a little bit more nerve-wracking is when when you're at the stadium, you're not as nervous. You're more excited. When you're just pacing around a 900-square-foot apartment, you're like, I don't really have an outlet here. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I'd walk into like the backyard for a minute, <laughs> like you know, you're just kind of like pacing, and like, I'm trying to not look too crazy and like standing up. But all the stuff that I make fun of you for during a regular season, like Friday night Red Sox game when you come to my house, I'm doing all of it. <laughs> I'm popping up out of my chair. I'm like, let's fucking go, because I don't know, I just, like you. You want to win the thing that's in front of you. And like, so let's go out there and do that. And now I'm just like, you know, maybe a little cart before the horse, but like, what's up with like the bubble? How do I go? Now we're we're in business. It's not putting the cart before the horse. And part of it is a guy like you, a guy like me, we're not ready to have this end in September. We're not even in October yet. I am not ready to be done with baseball. I cannot turn this in on Thursday and just wait another six months. We worked way too hard. We've grinded, like I said, and we need to at least get to another round. I think we're going to. Tanaka going in game two. We, we are in the best possible position. It, I mean, if you would have told me, Nick, last night, this, this is where you can be. You can be up 12-2. You can get a 12-2 win. None of your premium relievers are going to pitch. Cole's going to shove in his first postseason game. Judge and Stanton are going to homer. Like, we got every single thing we were looking for. There's nothing that we look back on like, oh, I wish this would have happened. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, like this was the perfect game one. Yeah, I mean, like Hicks didn't get any hits, but he walked twice. You know, like he's still he's getting on base. Like everyone was getting on base. You got a Tyler Wade sighting. Like that's always great. A little defensive help. It's crazy. You want to do some ads? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad you reminded me, <laughs> dude. I know you're pumped up. It's a uh, it's it's an emotional day for everybody, but the wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Might have to order something tonight, man. I'm feeling good. (laughs) A little late night. Um... I thought about something that I would have liked to see. I don't know why, and so I'll look for it in game two to happen in game two. Okay. I'm looking for the Geo Urshela revenge game. I don't know why, but I just like I felt it uh, going into this game. So maybe it's just something for the series that there is the like Geo Urshela, like two for four with a double and a home run, or like three for five, something like that, where he just like. Hey, you guys should have in the past on me. Or at least I'm hoping. I, I feel like everybody who's ever been a Yankee, even if it was like they played four innings at first base, comes back and does that to us. So I'd like to see one of our guys do that to someone else. Because we have so much homegrown talent. We don't have a lot of guys who played other places. Oh, especially against his former team. And I think all of us, we spent a lot of these days envisioning scenarios and one of these scenarios that i envisioned is look we have a lot of strikeout or bust guys geo is one of the guys that just puts the ball in play and i want him up in a big spot and i mean we can go back to the to the box score but from what i remember he did not have a lot of big moments he was chasing a, a little bit yeah he had a sack fly he had one hit like it wasn't he, he didn't have a bad game i'm not mad at him yeah but no for sure. i'm waiting to see that like i don't know why i feel it for him you know what's funny? He played every game of that 2017 ALDS against us, and I have no recollection of him. Like, I don't remember one at bat he had, one play he had but, in the field, right? Do you? No. No, I, like, <laughs> kind of didn't even remember that he was on that team. You don't? Not at least, definitely not. Like, how are you playing 
starting every game in a playoff series, and now and then you're just like available to to, uh, to never have the shot. He's that's why it is. It's like because he's not even supposed to be on this roster. Like he was triple A depth that would have signed somewhere else in the off season. It's funny, and I remember you talking about how in 2019, early 2019, when everybody was banged up and we were all packed about injuries, and now when we look back, everybody was where we wanted them to be. We didn't need Didi. We wanted Gio a third over Andujar. Like, that was our A team, but at the time, we were like, oh, Andujar's out. Didi's out. Like, we don't have our A squad, but that that turned out to be the right combination. Yeah, no, I mean, we we, we figured it out. In terms of like what our, our line can be, and that's you know credit to Cashman that we've given a billion times. But yeah, for some reason, I just like I'm feeling that revenge game. So hopefully it happens in game two, and then everyone who listens to this will start tweeting about like how fucking smart I am. I hope so too. And and you've been a guy that's been banging the drum. Should we trade Judge? Judge comes out tonight, hits the first pitch in the first inning, 430 feet. You still want to trade him? I still want to. Yeah, he's his trade value is going up. Like this is great. He can. Uh, uh, so people jumped on me on Twitter. I like, saw that. Oh, you still want to trade Judge? Yes, because next May we're still going to be like, what the fuck? Why is this guy injured again? You know, like it's going to happen again. Or, or there's a medical miracle, which I'm in favor of. Like if he could stay healthy, play. Like I'm cheering for him every at bat, every pitch, every ball hit to him. Like he is a New York Yankee, and I love that about him. But I saw someone say, oh, really, you want to trade him? We wouldn't have this lead right now. And it's like, all right, so we had a home run in the first inning of one playoff game. That's great. You know, I don't know. Maybe if we had our starting right fielder for the whole season, we'd be playing this game at home. If we had another ace. And it's funny what you mentioned is that a lot of people that that see that tweet assume you're not rooting for him. I know you, and we talk every day, and I know you're rooting for him. Oh, yeah. But I think when you tweet like that, you have random people that are like, oh, he wants him to fail. Where we, me and you both know that's not the case. No, because his fucking trade value is trash also. You know, if he's never healthy and he's not playing well, then he's got no value. I want him to play well. I just don't want to see him in a long-term contract with the Yankees. I just don't think that makes sense. And I'm trying to mitigate that risk. Uh, But, like, great, huge home run tonight. I'm very happy for him. I hope he does the exact same thing tomorrow. I know you do. Like, that would be great. I hope he does that every game. I hope he stays healthy. And, like, but I hate to be the dick about it. He did go one for five. He didn't do anything after the homer. You're right. We scored 10 more runs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, him and, him and Stanton homered, Torres homered, Gardner homered. I did not think they were going to get four homers. I mean, like when you look back at this box score, I'm going to you know, sift through everything tomorrow. Especially in that, that stadium. Yeah, it, it's, it's a weird stadium. Like we've had so many – I mean you go back to the 90s. You go back to 07, even 17. We've had a lot of weird, bizarre extra inning games, the midges. Like this is a fucked up stadium for us generally to go. It's got like this mini green monster. Yeah. Like I, I, still, center field. I have nightmares of like Sandy fucking Alomar, you know? Just those 90s, early 2000s Indians teams – they were always scrappy. I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but like when they had Albert Bell, you know, like they were just a, they were a, uh, they were almost, they were like a bar fight team. Like they were ready to like get scrappy with you. 
they didn't really have like the superstars. Like Manny came along through that system, but you know Roberto Alomar, right? Roberto Alomar, no. Dude, they had prime Kenny Lofton. They had prime yeah. Jim Tomey. That was a great squad. Yeah. And so I have like I still remember being intimidated, like going into those series. Yes. And so I still feel a little bit of that. And you know, we came back from down O two a couple of years ago, like we were cooked in Cleveland before. We were. I, I remember being on the way to Game Three of the 2017 ALDS, the Greg Bird game, and talking to my dad on the NJ Transit train and being like, look, I know we're going to lose this series, but I just hope it's not tonight. I hope we can have some pride and not get swept. I, that going down 0-2 in Cleveland, like that stuck with me going into this game and, and playing at the Jake. And Didi saved us in that game five against Kluber, and he's gone now, but I, I definitely have the scaries going into this game. This is a tough place to play. Weird left field wall. And look, they still have Lindor. They still have Jose Ramirez. I know they're not maybe the Indians of 16 and 17, but these guys still have great position players. They have great pitchers. Terry Francona is a great manager. These these are guys are not an easy wild card opponent. No, I mean, listen, we're on the road for a reason. You know, they were statistically the better team than us by, you know, two games. But I don't know. There, there's just a, a part of me that I obviously don't know their season as well as I know our season. But I know that, like, we had those huge skids of losing that never happened are incredibly out of character for the franchise and the guys on this team. And even though they have a better record, like, I just feel like we're a better team. Totally agree had total confidence in Cole going up against Bieber. And I also have a ton of confidence in, we, you know, time to talk about tomorrow, Tanaka and Carlos Carrasco. We beat Carlos Carrasco game three, 2017 ALDS. I am going to ride playoff Tanaka. I'm like you. I'm like not totally sold on Tanaka, but now that it's playoff time, we're all riding together. We're all pulling together. I'm expecting him to come out tonight, if you're listening to this, and shove for six shutout innings, turn it over, Green, Britain, Chapman, and we're going to the bubble. At this point, we're in the driver's seat. Yeah, I mean, Carrasco had, like, we beat him, but he has an impressive, like, postseason record. Yes. He's, you know, it's only going to be his third start uh, in the playoffs. So he's not, you know, it's not his first time out there. He's not a super experienced veteran. This is about the time when a guy like him either, like, starts to put it together and you're a, a playoff pitcher or you're not. And I, I, you know, I think we can get to him. I think there's a lot of confidence that you bring, you know, after a, just a 12-2 beatdown. Like, you put a beatdown on. So there's, it's a lot more comfortable sleeping at that Marriott, not able to leave your room or whatever it is in shitty Cleveland. You're absolutely right. And think about if you're a Yankee hitter, you just beat the According to the experts, the best pitcher this year, the lowest ERA, the triple crown, the what you know, whatever, the best at everything. You feel like you can beat everybody. So after beating this guy with a 1.63 ERA and the guy that struck out, I think it was 15 strikeouts per per nine. I'm not concerned with Carlos Carrasco. This is a guy that's 33. This is a guy that we've seen tonight. We beat the best thoroughbred. He was supposed to be best things in sliced bread, and we kicked his ass. So nobody is scared of Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, I and 
I think obviously like they've prepared if they've done this, you know, hitting the switch, they had a couple days off to watch game tape and they have, there's no distractions tonight. So I think, you know, that is still a, a plus in that. Yes, they are professionals, but a fair amount of these guys after a game one like this on a Tuesday night would go out and get dinner. Right. And now I'm not saying I, I see this team, they're having a team dinner, whether it's like they have the restaurant in the hotel or they have someone, but they're doing it together. And it's probably Gardner and Cole put it together. Like that's, you know, kind of what we've been hearing versus on a regular scenario, you've got maybe three guys are going, uh, you know, to Ben and Jack's and three guys are going to go to, you know, fucking this place and have dinner. This, you know, Cole's going home to his wife. Now they're just like, they're in it together. And I feel like there is a chemistry with this team when everyone's there and they get vibing that can, you know, carry over to the field of play. You're absolutely right. And I would bet my life savings that they are not leaving that hotel tonight. I don't think they're allowed to. Yeah. Well, first of all, the security guards are going to tell them to go back. I don't think they would even try to. And we've also talked about Aaron Boone's strength and weaknesses, right? He's got some bullpen deficiencies. He's not great with a sense of urgency, but in a weird fucked up environment, in a bubble or on the road in a hotel where everything's crazy, I think he is perfect for just keeping that zen, keeping everybody relaxed. And you, you saw it. Like, they were very relaxed in the box. They had the same approach. They weren't pressing. You see so many teams come into the postseason and chase and press, and these guys were locked in from the get-go. And I do think, like, we tease Aaron Boone for being that surfer, California guy, but sometimes Sup, it works. Yo. Yeah, sometimes it works, man. Yeah, I mean, I think in this situation, like you said, like it will. Like if the guy, I think if the boys are eating dinner and, you know, whether it's they've got the restaurant there or they took over, you know, one of the convention areas or, you know, whatever the hell it is. I think he walks in and hits the team with a sup, you know, they're all going to love it. They're all going to be feeling good. Um, and now to a certain extent, because you got to, you know, keep in mind, like Cole just went to game seven of a World Series last year. Um, he's battled you know, the year before in the playoffs. He's gone deep into it. Now he doesn't have to do anything else in this round. So he can be, he can be like that emotional leader kind of, you know, I don't know if it's bedrock, you know, for the team that we kind of looked for CeCe to be at the end last year. Like that veteran presence because Judge just hasn't been healthy enough and around the team enough to like be in that captain role right now. Um, Sanchez, you know, it's not him. Gardner doesn't play enough. Cole is the best. Cole's the best player on this team. He gets to do that role. He's the veteran. He's getting the big bucks. He's got the biggest contract. This is his team. It definitely is. And I don't know about you, but I forgot what it was like to have an ace in the playoffs, man. Like it's been since 09, 10, 11, maybe it's been almost a decade. And we've been going out these last couple of years. Like I've said, Maybe Paxson will have it. Maybe Tanaka will have it. Maybe Hap will have it. Maybe Hiroki Kuroda will be on Sunday. Now we just have a guy that's Roger Clemens reincarnated. And we know no matter what happens in the game, he is going to come out and give us a prime chance to win. And to be honest, I forgot what that was like because it's been since I was in high school. Also, he's still like he's young. So it's He's not 30. even like, yeah. He just turned 30. So it gets me excited for the idea that there's no travel days. Like We're playing a lot of games in a row coming up, and him just being the guy who says, like, 
I don't know, throw me on 20 minutes rest. Like, he's, he's going to build this up the deeper we go into the playoffs to become more of a force. I could feel it for him. He will, and I was kind of, I'll be honest, I was bitching a little bit in the regular season. I was like, why are they throwing him for 116 pitches against the Orioles? But now I'm sitting here in the playoffs, and I'm like, okay, GC can go 120. All right, I, I see you, Boone. I understand why you were leaving him out there in the seventh when the game was already in hand because now we have a guy that can go out and throw 120 pitches. Every Yankee starter the past couple of years, for us, it's like, oh, they get to 93 pitches. They're done. And now we have just this alpha dog that's like, nah, I'm good for 120. Yeah, like there's no, and it better not happen. Like we're way past the, the, the gas tank was getting low. You know, this is nut up time. We've got Tanaka now. We've got Hap if needed. And then like who knows what the next round looks like. Yeah, next round probably going to be the Rays. They won today against the Blue Jays, which we kind of all saw coming. We'll worry about then. Right now I'm worried about, you have to slam the door tonight if you're listening to this because I don't want Jay Happ in game three deciding my playoff fate. Masahiro Tanaka, you make $25 million a year. Everybody loves you. You're playoff Tanaka. You go out. You give us six winning innings, and we take this home. Yeah, and the offense just has to continue to click. And, I, I mean, DJ is just – Oh, my God. Like, Let's talk about him for a second. Yeah. Let's, I mean, sets the table. Starts the game off. They can't even talk about how good he is before he's on base. I think it was the second pitch. You know, a Bieber throws a fa- a normal fastball, and he just socks it to right field. And he, I don't know if it's a skill or if it's just luck, but every line drive he hits finds grass or finds turf. And he's on base, and all of a sudden, Bieber's going into the stretch, and Judge is coming up. And look, a lot of people say, well, look, we should have DJ hitting maybe later in the lineup so we can drive in more runs. But he, I feel like he gets on base in that first inning, that first at bat, over 50% of the time. I'd have to look at it, but it seems like it. He hits a home run in that spot At a least lot five too. times this year, yes. Like, he, he does a really good job of doing that, and it just, like, it sets the tone. He does what a leadoff, you know, a leadoff guy is supposed to do. They're not normally as tall and gawky as him. They're normally, you know, much faster than him, but... Not as robotic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there's just something about his swing... That whether he is, it's up in the zone, down, in, out, like he pulls it, he goes to opposite field. His swing can be different every time, but it just, it is the fundamental swing to get to that pitch wherever it is and whatever that pitch is. It sounds easy when you talk about it. He pulls breaking balls and he takes fastballs the other way. It, it sounds easy when me and you talk about it. Most people can't do it, but but that's what he does. My favorite Aaron Boone quote DJ does what DJ does. He had the he had the first inning hit. He had the RBI single in the fourth or the fifth. And you know when he's coming up that good things are going to happen. And to have him hitting in front of Judge, it's like everything's clicking. Everything's clicking for us. And even the things we were complaining about, Hicks hitting third, he had two walks. We complained about Gardner starting. He had a home run, a double, and a single. We complained about Higgy starting. He had a hit even. Like, like everything's turning up roses. Higgy's hit was funny. Just yeah. that, like, I'm going to just slap this the other way and, like, hope for the best. And it's kind of funny. It's stuck with me now that he's, you know, Cole's personal catcher. It's crazy that Higgy, Cole, and Hicks all played high school together. Yeah, SoCal guys. They, they played, like, travel. They were on the same, like, travel team. And it's kind of fun. It's got to be weird to be Higgy because, like, 
Higgy's a Major League Baseball player, right? Like, he just started game one for the New York Yankees. He's not our starting catcher, but he just did. And then you've got Garrett Cole, and it's just like he's so much better than you. And he's so best pitcher in the world, yeah. And he's so rich. Like, and Higgy's just like, oh, I'll play video games. It's funny when Gary was still catching Cole. I, I'm going to give you some credit here. I remember you saying in the beginning of the year, what if we just let Higgy focus on catching Cole? And that's his only job. We let Gary focus on hitting, and we go up to Higgy and we say, your only job is catching Garrett Cole every fifth day. And clearly that seems to be working. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think, I don't know how it's carrying over to Gary. I think when the switch first happened, it didn't do anything for Gary, but he's you know kind of started to work out of it. You don't have to worry about the pressure of like there's. I would imagine there are demands to being Cole's catcher that are more than other pitchers, or more than just being like, "Hey, I catch this whole you know staff." So he, he he's doing it. He's doing whatever Cole needs to be comfortable and. You know, he's not an automatic out every time. I mean, yeah, he had a three-home run game, but, like, he got on there. Hey, even if you if you go up there and you go 0 for 5, but you see 25 pitches, you helped us. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the whole Yankees mantra is, is seeing pitches. And the one mistake he made, he threw a ball into center field on a steal attempt in the second or third inning. Glaber Torres did a great job of keeping the tag on, and that runner didn't go to third because he easily would have went to third, and Glaber totally deked him. And it's those little things that we weren't doing that last week of the season that they're doing now. And you notice these things, man. There's a little bit of, like, swag to trying to, like, pull those moves, too. Yeah. There's a confidence. And A-Rod said, like, oh, I talked to Glaber today, and he said, it's a new season, I'm back. And it's just like, all right, you know, like, look, go out there and show it to me. And, you know, he goes out, he gets four hits. I think he's the first Yankee shortstop to get four hits in a playoff game. He is. And look, I told Glaber's dad today, I said, I'm looking forward to, <laughs> I said, I'm looking forward to Glaber going deep off Bieber. And he did it. You visualize it. It happens. Sent that tweet at 1130 a.m. Glaber's dad <laughs> responded, yeah. And look. And then you got to tweet back at him. And did you tell him that you... You called oh, yeah. it? Oh, I let him know. I let him know. I said, look, man, your son's the best. And, and just had a feeling that Glaber was going to go deep today. Also had a feeling that Stanton was going to go deep, put that bet in, screenshot it. Because Stanton loves game one, right? 2018 opening day, he homered. 2020 this year opening day against Scherzer, he homered. He homered in 2019 ALCS game one. Like the guy just likes game one. And I knew you know, whether it was going to be the first inning, the ninth inning, the guy was going yard today, and to see him and Stan go deep, that's what you sign up for. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stanton, that was the perfect spot, you know, up 10 runs to go yes. deep in the ninth inning. <laughs> um, and part of me was like, why is he even, like, at a certain point, I was like, why are any of these guys in the game? But I was like, but they still they need the at-bats. Um, I also like Glaber batting seventh. I like him down in the lineup there because... Interesting, okay. I think he... Like, he, he hasn't had a good season, right? And other years, he's kind of carried us at times, uh, you know, especially when a lot of guys have been injured in the past. Like, he's gone out there and played through, you know, discomfort and just did whatever, you know, we needed to do to, you know, have enough guys on the field and have a chance to win. And then he started hitting a lot of home runs. And, he hit, you know, he hit all his home runs last year and and now he's moving to shortstop and he's expected to have that offensive production. 
and you know how you know he knows there's a conversation of should we have brought Didi back, and you know what happens next year with DJ and then COVID. So like everything kind of gets thrown off, and you know you play forty games and you have nine errors. So there's a lot of pressure if you're up in the lineup there. So now it's just like I like that they you know bat bat him down in the lineup. Let him just find his groove. He's being productive from there. You have the ability if, you know, we're in another round and things are, aren't going, you know, our way and we need to make a dramatic change or someone needs a day off, you can shuffle things. But you get him behind Urshela, like, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of comfort to be like, oh, I'm not expected to, you know, be right behind Stanton and, and drive guys in. Um, and I think you create opportunities for Urshela because you're still a dangerous hitter even though you're in that seven hole you're definitely right and I think there's certain players that no matter where they hit they're the same like DJ no matter where you hit he's gonna hit but Glaber you can tell when they bat him third or they bat him fourth he presses a little bit when they bat him fifth or they bat him sixth he's a little bit more laid back he controls his own better so look if Boone rolls out the same lineup tomorrow or tonight if you're listening to this that everybody's complaining about totally cool with it you want to keep Glaber at seven, he's going to homer again, whatever. I'm cool with it. If you remember last year in the playoffs, they were batting Glaber third, and in the ALCS after game one, he was struggling a little bit in that three-hole. I think he's a guy that puts pressure on himself sometimes. So, look, if, if the seven-hole works for him, look, I'm whatever works, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, as long as you figure it out, I'll take it. But, you know, we've got to question you and second-guess you and speculate. Sure, um, that's our job. Wait, tomorrow is Carrasco. Tomorrow we have a decision, Clint or Gardner, who had three hits tonight. You starting Gardner again, or or do you want to roll with Red Thunder? I know Gardner had a good game, but I think that at a certain point the clock is going to strike midnight, and he's going to turn back into a pumpkin, and that could be tomorrow. That could be game one of the next series. That could be game three of this series. That could be game five of next series. But it is going to happen. The clock is going to strike midnight before this season has completed. And I feel like Clint just gives us a better overall option. Yeah, nah, like I said, like I say a lot, I wish we could disagree for the sake of the podcast, but I was going to say the same thing. You want Clint in there. I want Clint in there for the first six innings. You want to bring Guardy in as a defensive replacement in the seventh, but give Clint his three at-bats against Carrasco. Totally in on that, and I want Gary in there tomorrow night with Tanaka. Tanaka and Gary do very well. So that's kind of where I'm at for the lineup tomorrow night. Keep everything. Give me Clinton left. Give me Gary behind the plate, and let's roll. Yeah, I'm ready. Is it 7 o'clock yet? Yeah, I was going to say, do I have to sleep tonight? Like, damn. Yeah. What if we win? Like, what's the even just like, what's the rest of the weekend becomes so carefree until like the Sunday scaries get really Sunday scary. It's so weird looking at the schedule that no matter what happens, there's no games this weekend. Like, I always plan my October weekends around the Yankees. I'm like, so no matter what happens, we're just off. Like, I can't even comprehend it. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird to not have, like, games to be looked forward to going to yet. Um, or, like, just uh-huh. try, trying to shuffle tickets. Like, there's always there's the whole, like, ticket game. Of, uh, like, I remember us driving home with the, from game four with the game five tickets. Like, oh, should we just sell these? What's the market? Yeah, you're, yeah. Always, you're always monitoring. You're always thinking about it. So, I wish they would give some info on, like... 
go into the bubble. They like, said potential fans three weeks ago, and they haven't said a word since. Yeah, like, I've got to start working on my wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you turn on Thursday Night Football and the ja- the Jaguars or whoever, they got 10,000 people there. I mean, they have them in Texas, too. Like, in, in, in Texas football games. It all has to do with, like, the governors and what they feel is safe or not. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully they'll get us in there. If anyone has a hookup, let us know. You got anything else yeah, for the please. people? I'm ready to just start uh, thinking about tomorrow more. Yeah, ready to go into tomorrow, ready to watch Tanaka dominate tonight and go Yanks. That's all I got. Go get 28. Well, uh, follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. We're tweeting a ton during uh, the games. And I don't just fucking venting our stress all throughout the day <laughs> so live it with us live it with us guys. yeah um but hey i feel good about the team after game one and i don't know we're all gonna have to wear masks and we'll figure out a time and a place but we're gonna have a parade and we'll see you at the parade Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.